Welcome to podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. So there was a tweet a while ago, a little while back. I don't remember exactly when. And we talked about that tweet on this show. Because the tweet was from Katie Sackoff a while back. And she said something about today being one of the coolest days of her career. And like, you don't know why for a little while, but just trust me, it's awesome. And we talked about that. And I think, I think you were the one who brought it up, Mark. And you were basically like, hey, could it be? And we were like, I don't know. Could it be? And here we are, however long later. And we have uh, chapter 10, 11. Chapter 11 of The Mandalorian called The Heiress. And yeah, um, yeah, Bo-Katan was in it. Yeah. Yeah. She sure was. And, Tim, now and and I'm sure we'll get into greater detail. (laughs) We were pretty spot on about the the whole religious fundamentalist uh, aspect. Children of the Watch. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Uh, well, well, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. So, as always, um, we're in the same spot like we've been for the past couple of weeks, which is that Mark and I have refrained from speaking to each other about our thoughts or opinions or anything at all about this episode. Because, I mean, we don't normally have a podcast before the podcast, but we, we, might, we might talk about some stuff or text or whatever, just, you know, out of excitement. Um, but so far... My, my Boba Fett hot toys that a friend gave me. That was, yeah. that was the extent today. That was at this time, yeah. Because I'm going to say, I mean, for season two... We haven't been doing that, and we've been saving our actual first impressions of everything and reviewing conversation for when we are talking about it right now. So we're gonna do, we're doing that again, and I'm sure we'll keep doing that for the next few weeks. Yep. So uh, I guess we'll just start with that. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, um, and in hindsight, not in hindsight necessarily, but I... You know how I feel about Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. Love Boba Fett. I think it's a stronger episode than uh, The Marshal. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, they're, they're two of the top five episodes of the series overall. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying The Marshal's bad at all. The Marshal right. is, is wonderful. Right. Um, I just think that this is... This is really tight, compact storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like 30-something minutes, I think, long, and, and it's just bang, bang, bang. It gets everything going, and there's really no stretches. Right. You know, and then the other thing, is, which is funny, and I think we were right on this, is that the reason why he's on a ship is because his ship's jacked up. <laughs> yep. Which also makes me think, somehow... I know people love the Razor Crest, but God, I'm standing here right now as I'm sort of putting together my my you know screening room in the new house I'm in, and I'm looking at. I found in a box a Boba Fett blanket or or towel, like yeah. beach towel, some kind of towel. I'm looking at the Slave One right now on it, and I'm just thinking, is that coming in our future? Because because the Razor Crest's not getting really any better. You know, I, I feel like people like the Razor Crest, and it's somewhat iconic, like in, in a 
smaller capacity, I guess. It's it's very identifiable. I'll, I'll put it that way. It is. It is. It's pretty popular now. But, I but, mean, but even at not... one point, even at one point, they blew up the original Enterprise in Star Trek. And yes, I know this is not Star Wars. The Millennium Falcon's still going, but the Razor Crest is not the Millennium Falcon. Well, I was just gonna say it's not irreplaceable though. Like, exactly. like, like, there's no reason. I mean, they came up with the design of the Razor Crest in the first place. Who's to say that they can't come up with some? I'm sure that they can come up with something just as good, if not better, and that will well, become the Razor Crest. The Razor Crest is still kind of designed off what an old uh, Imperial drop. I mean, an old Clone Wars. Uh, what was that called? True transport type of deal. Right. So. Yeah, and he even said in what I think it was the last episode that uh, about his uh, ship being pre-Empire surplus. Yep. Yeah, we're just like you know we we. I am still shocked and amazed and joy you know enjoy about these episodes, but you and I are sort of calling it. And again, it's not because we're you know something special prognosticators or something, but <laughs> we actually you can tell the way it's going. Yeah. But it's still good. Oh yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Actually, that that same point applies to something that happened later in the episode too. Um, so I, I do I do like how they're running. Uh, so we can start with this episode. I do like how they're running the final of the last story. Sort of is the start of this story. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah the continuity between the episodes. Yeah, it's two episodes now to where it's like. They hand it off, and, and sort of the beginning is the resolution of the last episode. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. They're still standalone mm-hmm. episodes for the most part, but they work together as a whole. Oh, it just it makes it seem more like a series rather than episodes put together. Yep. So, and one thing I do want to point out, too, is I... So... In season one, the episode that Bryce Dallas Howard directed got s- oh. some some level of crap from people. I guess I'm not but, a fan. Know. I'm not a fan of it. I I I, I like to it find it's not my favorite episode, but I was fine with it, and I I thought it was I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. It's cool. Um, I I kind of want to take us back to when this trailer came out for season two, and I said that whoever the director is who did the shot with the stormtroopers running and from like the low angle is my hero. Cause that's the type of thing I would do. Right. Yeah. Apparently that's Bryce Dallas Howard. Apparently. And as a whole, like not even that shot, but just as a whole, that episode was directed very well. In my opinion. <laughs> oh, it, was it, it was, it was an amazing episode. And I think the biggest problem for me originally with her, her with her last episode in season one, was the lighting, you know, and I don't know if it was different this episode or not, but, you, you know, when you look at the two episodes of Cara Dune uh, on whatever that planet was, so America's yeah, Navarro, I think. No, Navarro was the... Oh, no, yeah, that's where, like, the, the Mandalorian clan was, right? Right, right. It's the it's the planet with the, you know, the where they fight the... God, it's the bar. Yeah. It had yeah. the bar, you introduced to Cara Dune, you come back later. Yeah, I can't so remember what it's called. Looking at the two, looking at the, the, the way Bryce Dallas Howard shot episode four, and then I forget who shot the other one. Um, the, second, the second time on that planet, it's much more moody. The lighting's better. 
Hers is too bright. Feels like a really bad Star Trek episode for me. Um, <laughs> but it's still a good episode. So this one you've got, she just, I don't know what she did. Maybe she got a better, you know, uh, director of photography or, or who knows what the situation is. Or just that she's now a little bit more of an experienced director and she knows what she's doing. But this this episode was amazing. It was so, uh, and seriously, I like the way I look at movies is from a technical perspective, a lot of the time from the writing, the music to the cinematography, the directing, the act, I mean, all of it. I look at it very scientifically. Uh, and I mean, that's just how I, I look at it. It's how we view movies and, and, and shows and stuff. So to me, specifically the way that it was directed, the decisions that she made and all this were fantastic. Like it's one of my favorite directed episodes of the series, hands down. Some very iconic shots. I, I put it up there. Like John Favreau did an amazing job with the Marshall too. Yeah, uh, this this was this was better to me. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you saw the her homage to her dad's movie. Uh, I don't know. Did I? I don't know if you did or not. But somebody had asked her if this was uh if this was an homage or not homage. Excuse me. Um. So the scene where the Razor Crest re-enters the atmosphere and ah. smoke is coming down, it, it's uh, you know not, obviously not shot for shot, but it's clearly right. inspired by Ron Howard's uh, Apollo 13. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah, she she talks about it and she says, "Yep, exactly, that's what I went for." <laughs> that's cool. She's she's and, and you know overall, you know I don't necessarily agree with her politically. Um, and I know there's not time to talk about politics or anything, <laughs> but she's just a she's just a wonderful person. Uh, I think so yes. far on Twitter that I've seen, um, she's just one of those people that that it's like I'm happy to follow, you know, because because unlike a lot of you people out there, I actually <laughs> enjoy following people on Twitter that I may disagree with because I'm not here for their politics. I'm here for their skill and trade and and. You know, so anyways, I'm better than you. That's all is what I'm really trying to say. I was gonna say I wasn't prepared for like a, a miniature soapbox speech there. That was that was not what I was well, ready for. <laughs> so so it, but it's weird this week and I don't know how much you paid attention online, but obviously Gina Carano gets yeah normal crap. She can just breathe uh and people are angry at her. And, and it, it to the point it's like, look, you know you don't like her, so don't follow her. Don't search her name to see what she has to say. You know, she's so quick to block everyone who's rude to her. So if you don't like her, just be mean to her and she'll block you. So there's that going on. And then suddenly out of nowhere, did you see the James Arnold Taylor stuff? I did. So suddenly he's a bad guy. I saw Mark Hamill even says something kind of to defend him. But, but at the same time, James Arnold Taylor is getting crap for being on Parlor. Right. Okay. Parlor tends to have a lot of people who are right wing. Parlor also tends to have it to where we don't care what you say. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna shut you down. You could be a liberal. You could be, you know, uh, conservative. You could say rude, nasty things. It's sort of the wild west, which is what free speech is supposed to be for the most part. But apparently, it's a bad thing. I don't know. I'm not on it, but apparently, it's a bad thing, and he was bad for doing it. So it's just like you know, just. Yeah, I saw he said the... he said something about how he didn't even like really know much about it. Just like, hey, new social media platform. He was trying to you know expand his 
online presence. Uh, and so he, I, I feel like he kind of caught caught up in something he didn't really. Just, with this entire scenario, he just didn't understand what was all happening, and I kind of feel bad for him that he got caught in all that. Because I mean, yeah, he doesn't deserve I, anything like that. I do too, and I also think he's probably not seen how angry uh, a Star Wars community can be um, if if you if you don't if you don't think like them, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I can and I can even see without getting into great detail. Go look it up if you want. But there's already people who are saying Rosario Dawson's a bad person. Well, I was gonna say it's kind of like with uh, the Last Jedi. You, you know, we went through that for a while. It seems like there's always now for whatever reason, whether you're justified or not. The point is, that except for twenty twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen up until December. Except for those two years, there wasn't. I don't think there's ever been a time in Star Wars f- fandom where everybody was happy about it all. Hey, Tim, am I being too loud as I unbox my uh, giant sliding bookshelf? Um, well, I was just gonna edit it out later, and you wouldn't be able to tell. But now you ruined that mystery. Okay. So <laughs> well, let me just stop doing it for right now. Then <laughs> this but bookshelf I... is gonna be amazing. I finally put all my Star Wars books on it, and even oh yeah. Game of Thrones. Suck it, everybody who doesn't <laughs> like that show. Oh, wow. Then you're I, you're, you're really going a, at him tonight. Oh, man. I found even a little thing, a little tiny whiskey barrel. Yeah. I just poured some whiskey that I, I put a little whiskey and a little uh, uh, organic, organic bourbon barrel maple in it. Uh. So it's going to be this little marriage of, 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 uh, of maple syrup and, and bourbon that I put in this little whiskey barrel. It's gonna be great, and like like I said earlier, Tim, I'm gonna try and get all the Mandalorians, all of them. Eh, I don't know about about uh, Paz Vizsla. I mean, go for the set, you know. I know. Right now, right now, he's nobody. I don't know if he's dead or not. He's just he's a beefy Mando, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, oh, I may need. You know what I might need? I might need a. Do they have a? If I get a beefy Mando, I might need a uh, a shirtless mall. I was just thinking that. <laughs> I really was. As soon as you said feel, beefy Mando, I'm like, like shirtless mall. I feel good. I feel good that uh, I'm not. I'm a little bit past beefy Mando, but uh, <laughs> at least I have something to aspire to. <laughs> I I can't be uh, I can't be Cobb Vance, you know, skinny as hell <laughs> in a Boba Fett costume, but I can certainly aspire to be. Beefy Mando. <laughs> That'd be a great calendar too. Oh, you know, or just twelve different shots of shirtless mall. That would be great too. Shirtless mall, and then Mando's without armor. But <laughs> this is the way they have the helmets on. <laughs> uh, why do I feel I like mean, one of them has to be Channing Tatum too? You wouldn't know. Yeah, I, I would because I've studied him. <laughs> so, on that note of uh, the more we know about Mark, uh, Mando. So, so if you hadn't noticed, everybody, Bo-Katan is, is in the episode here of the era. The only one, though. No, no. Well, well yeah. I mean, she's the only major person in this episode. Yes, technically. Do you have the other names? 
I mean, they're on they're on my subtitles. The, I watched my, everything. The other one, I think the I think the guy was like Axe Wolf or something like that. Something like that. And Sasha Banks, I don't remember. It, it began with a K, but I don't remember. Just Sasha Banks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, which is a- which is which is weird because I honestly thought, and maybe this is what's kind of cool about it, is I honestly thought that having Sasha Banks in it would give her a bigger role. Yeah. But no. I mean, she certainly has a draw. Oh, yeah. Or I mean, yeah. it just still might. I mean, we don't know uh, what role these characters are going to have in any later episode in this, uh, this season or the series. I mean, we're talking about a season four at this point, so who knows? Uh, keep going with these shows. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, it's filling all my Star Wars needs. It, it really is. I mean, it's at the point now where each Friday, uh, Friday seems like a miniature version of when episode seven, eight, or nine would come out. A lo- lower scale miniature version of it, but still, you get that anticipation and excitement and just like hype throughout the day of knowing. Because, like, for me, I watch it after I come home from work, not before I go to work because I don't have time in the morning. So, you know, it's like excitement of something to look forward to that day, you know? So so for me now, it was, you know, I try and watch it with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only I moved from living with him for five months, uh, him and my mom, uh, to me being like 30 minutes away. Yeah. So this week with the move, it was like I watched it. Didn't tell him that I watched it without him. And then yesterday, was it yesterday? Yesterday I went over and watched it, you know, again. Uh, but on the big screen this time. Because mm-hmm. I watched it as quickly as I can, regardless of the platform. Just so I won't be spoil- uh, spoiled. Yeah. I was still spoiled anyways, though. <laughs> I got on I got on somewhat kind of early, and everyone's like, Kitty Sackoff, it's Bo-Katan. It's like, okay, well, I kind of knew that, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. Really so, well, so it it was pretty fun because, and I can actually talk about it now openly with them. I've said before, I, I watch, my family comes over to my house and we watch Mandalorian Friday nights. It's like a thing now, right? Right. So, um, when the news broke for, for a while, I've been trying to convince uh, uh, my sister and I had already. I watched the Clone Wars myself. Um, Partly when it was on, but I didn't catch each episode just because I wasn't like tuning into Cartoon Network each time. So okay. I would I would catch it when I could, and I enjoyed it, but I, I didn't watch it from every episode beginning to end when it was live. All right. And then after they announced Rebels was coming, I was like, oh wow, I never got on this train like I wanted to. So I went on Netflix and watched the entire series on on my on my own. It was fantastic. This is you know again this is back before. Uh, Force Awakens, and so it was like fantastic. Loved it. Huge fan of the show. I, I mean, I liked it beforehand, but then seeing everything in context of the back-to-back episodes just made it so much better. Then I got my sister hooked on it, and I rewatched the series with her, <laughs> and she thought it was amazing. And then so for a while, I uh, would be telling my both of my parents about it. You guys would like this. You have to watch it. And they were always like, "Okay." Uh, my, my dad more interested than my mom for the most part. Uh, but they were both interested in it. And like, okay, you know, we'll do it sometime, kind of thing. All right. When the news broke that uh, Rosario Dawson was going to be a Sokotano in 
this season, uh, earlier this year, I was like, okay, we are watching this show. And I never told them why, but I'm just like, just trust me. We're going to watch it. And the excuse I used was, look, the Darksaber at the end of season one, you guys don't even know what that is, right? And they're like, no, like, they get it. It's cool looking. But I'm like, you got to watch the show. You can understand these types of things when they come up. And in my head, I'm going, like Ahsoka. But, I, you know, I don't bring that out. So we watched this series um, over the you know past few months. Uh, we just finished it like a month and a half ago or something like that. And they absolutely loved it. I talked about this a little bit before because I know how they liked the Bad Badge and all that kind of stuff. But they loved the series. thought it was absolutely amazing. Big fans of it. So it was really fun. It felt like a big personal payoff to me because look, Ahsoka being in this show is one of the worst kept secrets in Star Wars history. Let's be honest. Wouldn't it be funny though if Ahsoka shows up and it's not Rosario Dawson? It it would be. It would be hilarious. It would be. It would be to the point where I'm like, they are trolling on purpose. <laughs> like like it's actually Ashley Eckstein as as uh, <laughs> I'd be like, oh okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess. She I mean, has a voice. It would be pretty funny, though. Like, the, just just because of the pure subverting expectations. Well, and and that's what's you know we talked about Bo Katan in this episode, Katie Sackhoff, all that. You know, that's what's so cool about it is you know she did the voice for Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, the character is closely enough modeled around her that when you actually see her in live action, you're like, yep, yep, I got no, I got no issues. That's him. I mean, that's yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. But if I saw Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka, I'd be like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Well, really. especially because of Rebels, too. Like, we, we know right. what she's supposed to be looking like older, and it just, like, it just isn't a match. And I don't even know, honestly, if Rosario Dawson's a match. I mean, I've seen the, the fan art where they take her and they put, you know, Whatever, Laku or Liku or whatever the heck is on her. Yeah, I honestly expect it to look a lot better than any of the fan art I've seen, to be honest. It's going to be weird, though. It's going to be really strange. You know, I, I think so, but at the same time, I I have a lot of faith and confidence that they're going to pull it off because it's Dave Filoni and John Favreau doing it. Yeah, Somebody else is doing it. I'm not. I'm. I don't know. But with knowing that it's those two, I feel fairly confident that they're going to pull it off well. She's she's fat. Uh, not fat, bro, Excuse me. She's uh, Filoni's baby. Uh, I remember, you know, a long time ago when we actually wrote a semi regular column for uh, MakingStarWars.net. Um, Ron, uh, I don't even know what he goes by now on Twitter, but Ron and I wrote a. Uh, it was Star Wars Wars. I think it was the only one we ever did. Um, I think I remember Twitter. that. Yeah, you might. And, and it was it was me taking the position that Ahsoka Tano has to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, no, she doesn't. And every single thing that I argued, you know, it's one of those things to where I guess I just didn't think outside of the box enough i was like how could she possibly exist in the timeline yeah so they just kind of plucked her out they plucked her off the chessboard so to speak rather than deal with her they made her and ezra yeah they just pulled them off the chessboard so these people can still exist because they're not involved in anything in this you know skywalker saga they were they were both involved in that world and they they're off 
the, the chess pieces are gone. You know, everything goes according to plan. You know, and, and then they get reintroduced. So, honestly, I'm glad that she's back. Well, I remember we talked about that a little bit with Jared in Rebels when we were trying to figure out if, she, if Ahsoka would survive through the Rebels storyline. And I think the point I had made at the time was that we were dealing with an entire actual galaxy, not just like a solar system, but a galaxy. There's nowhere that you, no one's going to be fine. I can't properly formulate my sentence. It's very, very possible to hide in an entire freaking galaxy. And well, when, yeah. when, the when the conflict is happening in a majority of the galaxy, but not all of it, you know, through whatever reasons that, like you said, they're pulled off the chess table, whatever the reason is, you can do that and make it work. And it's not that hard. I mean, even in George Lucas's uh, synopsis, what he was going to do for the sequel trilogy, it says Luke was going to reunite oh. the 50 to 100 Jedi who were still around. So, like, there are dozens of Jedi who are, in George Lucas's mind, still around during the original trilogy who were not a part of it. I, and also, I think one of the big issues is you can start playing, you know, fast and loose with the, you know, from a certain point of view, certain deal. So, yeah. obviously, obviously, when they say, you know, to Luke, last of the Jedi you will be, well, she's not a Jedi anymore. Yeah. And then when you're like, okay, well, what about Ahsoka? I mean, what about uh, Ezra Bridger? Well, he's never technically a Jedi. Well, not, I mean, not, not by the standards. Well, not no, no, the, I, I, not by I the agree. Braid, not you know, not by the braid, not by the he's a Padawan, not by other sort of, you know. Well, he, I, I, he's I a agree. Force user. But we also have to know the context of how Yoda was speaking. He was the last of the Jedi officially that Yoda knew about. True. I mean, True. Uh, uh, with her, uh, Luminara was alive, leading into Rebels. Now, of course, we know how that turned out. But I'm like, but the point is, there are other Jedi who survived. Yoda would have no way of knowing if Luminara made it or not. That's true. He's not. He's not God. Right. You know, he doesn't know everything. So he's like, as far like <laughs> as far as I know, <laughs> you're going to be the last Jedi, and I've I've trained you. It's the the point of that is it's on you now to continue this and spread it out to everyone else because there's no one else, to my knowledge, that will be able to do this. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. We're, we're, we're sort of preaching the choir to each other, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what podcasts do for the most part. Yeah, I know. Uh, so we barely even talked about this episode, huh? I know, I know. So, um, but it was great. And then speaking of, yeah, so like I said, this is like one of the worst kept secrets, and because you know we we have the whole mystery box and all this kind of stuff that we're used well, to. Can we let's let's go through? You know, I've seen it twice, and actually, this is the first episode that I think I've watched twice. Yeah. Um, let's go through it. You know, if you remember it pretty well, let's go through. You know the different scenes. I mean, obviously, it starts with sort of a recap. And I knew something was coming when they do that whole Re recaps are a dead giveaway for what you're going to see. So when they, start <laughs> yeah. when they start talking about the mythology behind Mandalorians, it's like, okay, we're going to get something about the mythology behind Mandalorians. Right. Um, so we get that obviously in the recap and then it obviously starts with them. Now, now is that Mon Cal? I don't they didn't say they didn't say. And specifically, the outpost has a name, from what I understand. When, on, on, upon rewatch, he's taking them 
he's taking the frog lady to this specific place. It's not the city. I mean, it's not the it's not the planet, but he's taking them to this place. Right. So, so again, you've got Mon Cal all over the place, mostly Quarrens, and and Quarrens are clearly pirates. Yeah. Um. But they land, and then and then you you get the first type of uh, uh I don't know. We, we've seen we've seen uh, albino um, Mandalorians. I mean, not Mandalorians. We've seen albino uh, Mon Cal, right? Uh-huh. We've seen Gray with uh what what was his name from Rogue One? Uh Radis. Yeah, we've obviously seen the red. Right. And now we've got a darker hue, uh Mandalorian. So I mean I keep saying Mandalorian. <laughs> uh Mon, Mon Calamari. So so we've definitely got there's different ones now, which is pretty cool. And then you've got him landing, which is which is a great scene. What you what'd you think of that scene? I thought, yeah, it's a great way to set up uh, the episode, I think, because it's uh, a combination of success and uh, endearingly funny failure. <laughs> so right, right. So 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 right off the bat, they they land, and um, you know, Frog Lady reunites. She still has some kids. So <laughs> all you people on the internet, stop complaining. Um, and then right off the bat, he's like. Have you seen people like me? Have you seen people like me? Are there more people like me? That's all he wants to know. Yeah. And that pirate, that pirate trawler or whatever, the the like like so I watched it the first time and didn't think anything of it. I was actually shocked when <laughs> when he kicks, you know, baby Yoda to be eaten, right? I was like, what the hell? <laughs> So my parents are watching it with me on, on on the rewatch. They don't know that I've seen it, and they're like, "I don't. I wouldn't trust that guy. Don't trust that guy." And and I'm like, "How do you guys see? Yeah, I mean, you know, how do you guys see this? What's happening and not me?" But uh, that was a, that was a good scene. Yeah. Yeah. Scene... And then... Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was saying, and then the drop down. I love that. I love how it was done when when. Because you know, they, of course, they trap Mando underneath to get the best car, and then I love how it's going back and forth on either side of this grate, basically different perspectives, and then you're seeing from Mando's perspective, and then with no big reveal, no big wow moment, we just have Mando just dropping into the frame and start kicking butt, and it was so cool because it's intriguing. It's not feeling like it has to blow your mind it's just like well okay what's going on especially for people who don't know who she is well so, I, yeah and i think i think also you know obviously he's the hero of the show you know yeah um and i forget what the term is but he's definitely not infallible yeah he fails and he fails big time and he would be dead along with the child if it wasn't for, you know, Bo-Katan and, and, and her two uh, compatriots coming to save him. So it's one of those things to where, you know, he talks about, he's definitely on the hero's journey. He's, he's on a quest. He, he's constantly talking about, you know, this quest that, that I'm here to return, yeah. you know, which is, which is very cool. And, and you know that he's got a lot to learn. He is highly regarded as a bounty hunter, but as a hero, he's not all that good. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, 
Yeah, I, I appreciate that he's not perfect. I appreciate that he's in actual situations where it's like, okay, you screwed up, and yeah. you could die. Because that's kind of that's kind of Luke, you know. Uh, when, when we first seen him, he's not perfect. He ends up living, and and but he always has friends or people around that help him survive, and so it's nice to have the situation to where he's not infallible. And it's funny because looking at the Clone Wars specifically, that's also kind of a difference with Anakin and Ahsoka. So, I mean, obviously Anakin's not perfect either, but we see him as a mentor in that show, and then Ahsoka starts with, I mean, one of the earlier episodes, um, she gets in major trouble because of basically endangering the lives of clones unnecessarily and all this kind of stuff. And her growth as a person throughout the show is not just about maturity and coming of age and all that typical stuff, but also, I mean, what you're saying about um, becoming a hero from being somebody who makes mistakes and that learns to where she's most likely going to end up being in this show. It, it, it's, I think with all of this, it's really good how we're getting different facets of each character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and we also need to talk, I think, about how this is a major milestone for Star Wars storytelling because this is the first time at this type of level that we have a crossover from the animated series and the live action series. I mean, Saul Guerrero, technically, yes, but he was a relatively minor character in a small section of the show who got a background role in. A spinoff movie, which is still good okay. and cool. Okay, but I'm going to say there's a... I get what you're saying, and I am agree with you 100%, but at the same time, there's kind of one you're forgetting that's pretty damn significant that started in live action and made its way over in... I mean, started in, in animation and made its way over I, Oh, oh of, no. I know what you're going to say. Kind of pretty significant. Come on. Does it, ca- does it really count, though? I, it does kind of, I suppose. No, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at the towel hanging in my closet right now uh, of Boba Fett. I mean, he was in the holiday special as an animated character first. I mean, technically, I know. Technically, <laughs> they're, they're, you can make an argument either way. This is the first one that was, I don't know, either way. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I agree with you. I just like to be sure. <laughs> well, but no, I think it's really great, though, because it creates such a great path, especially because of how well-received she was. I, well, I, it's, it's not I, well, the first, clearly. I mean, it's not the last, clearly, because we're about to get right. a big one. Right, and probably two episodes after next. Um, but I've spent, a, a, well, I've spent a good amount of time watching some reactions to this episode on YouTube and whatnot because... I really wanted to gauge um, not so much people who knew who, who she was because, I mean, I know how they feel. I, I'm one of them. But really to see the people who had no clue who she is and see how, what their reactions were. And for the most part, it seemed that like it was really well-received because even if you don't know the background lore to her, you know enough based off of just seeing her. You get who her personality is really quickly. When she says who she is, being a part of the purge and all that, I mean, it's not you. You know enough about her for the show's purposes, and you know that she's cool. So, so for the most part, people see. And if any, I think it was just done really well because you don't need to. And even with the Ahsoka stuff, you you don't need to know 
the background to follow what's going on in this storyline. It makes it a heck of a lot cooler, but you don't need to know it. And here, here to me is one of the more interesting things is that is that obviously you know can we just stop calling him Mando? I mean, what's his <laughs> name? Jin. Uh, yeah, Din Jaren, I believe. Okay, so so Mando. <laughs> Mando's got his story on. He's trying to deliver Baby Yoda, uh, the child, excuse me, to a Jedi, right? Yeah, that's the story for this season, and he's looking for Mandalorians in order to achieve that. Well, now that he's found that, we're not going to have the Mandalorian of the week storyline, so to speak. Um, but I don't, I don't want. This is how successful this this show is to me. Is that now I'm ready to have a different show with Bo-Katan trying to get the dark saber. From uh, um, Moff, um, yes, thank you. I'm ready for that show. Yeah, I'm down for I, that. I'm ready for that show, and I'm ready for the the Boba Fett show over here, where he's trying to get his armor back. I'm ready for that show. This show is just spinning off all these incredible shows that I'm ready for. Yeah, you know, what I, you know Absolutely. what I mean. It's like, it's like this is doing such a good job, but then ultimately you're like, okay, well, I can see how Gideon's still going to pop up because he wants the child. To him, I've got the I've got the dark saber. I don't give a crap about the Mandalorians. I've got the dark saber, but I want the child. Bo-Katan's like, well, I want the dark saber. So it's all gonna is it all gonna come together this season? You think is it gonna go off next season, or is this one of the the side Disney Plus shows we're getting? I, I well, really don't know anymore. It's interesting because we we have an idea. I mean, again, you and I talked about Bo-Katan being in this episode. The next one, we have a, a kind of idea of where that's going to go. And then the following one we know is going to be the Ahsoka episode. I really don't know where the next one's going to go. And I know we're going right. to talk about it later. So. Uh, oh, well, I was going to say, but as far as after that, chapters or, or you know, episodes six, seven, and eight, the last three, that's kind of open right now. So it could be all about Dark Saber stuff, or they could not touch that until season or three. Or it could be all about Boba Fett versus... Uh, it could be. Know, Din, Din, whatever. Jaren. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> and and then do we do we accept? You know, here's the other possibility that he's he's coming into all these people who are like, hey, dude, you could take off your damn mask and still be a Mandalorian. <laughs> Is he gonna be like, thank God, because this this mask smells. <laughs> you know, is he gonna start going more? He's the crossover. Yes, I understand. This is the way, but also it's nice to breathe without the mask. Well, and it would I be still, interesting. I... It would be interesting if he goes back to that planet uh, that we couldn't remember the name of it, but the Bryce Dallas Howard season one episode. If he goes back there and is willing to take off his helmet that time, that would be interesting. Because do you think he's still? You think he's actually in the costume this time? I mean. I I'd like to think so. Okay, because here's so I'm a big, big, big John Wayne fan, right? I mean, uh-huh. well, you know, let me take that back. I'm a I'm a John Wayne fan. My grandfather was a huge John Wayne fan. My dad is a huge John Wayne fan, and I'm just sort of catching up. Even <laughs> though I'm in my late forties, I'm catching up. Um, but so his grandson 
was one of the actors in the costume uh, for season one. And, and so there's two actors besides, you know, um, Pedro Pascal, who's in the costume. One's John Wayne's grandson, and the other is, uh, I don't know the other guy. Uh, but John Wayne's grandson, I think I know who he is because he's got the John Wayne walk. Which is sort of this weird, gated, odd, bow-legged walk. And I don't know if genetically, genetically that's what it is, but I, I feel like I can see it, and I keep mm-hmm. seeing it in this season. You know, because because Pedro Pascal didn't play, I think, anything in costume first season. Except for the face, you know, the, the where he takes out the mask. But most of all, I think it was somebody else. And I feel like I can see it in some of these episodes. So I wonder how much Pedro Pascal is really in it. Yeah. I mean... Because, I mean, well, really. There was also the whole discrepancy, and this is kind of minor, but there was that discrepancy with the Emmys about awards for characters who are masked the entire time. So I kind, I well, I kind of have to wonder if maybe that kind of put a bug in their ear of let's get to a point where we start having it off, and he starts showing his face more for this acting. I get it. I just don't think that, uh, you, you know, you look at, uh, it's not like they suddenly put James Earl Jones in a Darth Vader costume. It was, it was the <laughs> same guy for three episodes. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, it's interesting. It's an interesting thought. Well, and something else that's cool, I just kind of want to point out real quick about this show as a whole right now. It really seems like this is becoming like the stitching of Star Wars. And what I mean by that is we're, we're tying together the books, looking at you, Cobb Vanth. We're tying together yes. the movies just by the nature of the time frame that this is in with the post-Empire, pre-First Order, that kind of area. And obviously Clone Wars and all that now. Like This is bringing in every aspect of Star Wars into one central area. It's tying it all together. That's why I say the stitching. And it's great because we haven't really had anything like that other than everything being an offshoot of the movies before. So it's nice to have something new that incorporates all these different aspects of Star Wars and brings them to something central that... again, you don't need to know all the other things to have fun with it, but if you do, it just makes it that much cooler. I'm glad we're moving away from the movies. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the Skywalker saga. Don't get me wrong. I I love it. But uh, I'm glad we're exploring the rest of the universe. Yeah. Even though it still ties in to the Skywalker saga. There's just so much room for so much storytelling it would almost feel like a shame to scrap it all for movie purposes. It would be. It would be. I, I honestly think Star Wars, may, the future of it probably is on Disney+. Plus. I mean, we still have, like, what, Taika Waititi's doing a movie. That... Okay, but what's it about, though? That's the question. Well, it's supposed to be filming sometime soon-ish, right? Like, like the principal, or, or not the the... the preliminary slates and stuff i think i don't really know i i mean i mean i'm kind of shocked that actually anything is being filmed you know during the pandemic but they just so they started jurassic world dominion mm-hmm. right as the pandemic started and they shut down production right so they maybe only filmed 10 percent 
before the pandemic uh, went full blown. But then they went back in and they're like, okay, we finished. Really? Holy crap. <laughs> they're filming they're filming Spider-Man during the pandemic. Yeah. And I saw some picture with him with uh, and a mask on and I'm like, boy, I hope I hope they don't turn the pandemic into a storyline. You know, cuz my my wife watches God God bless her. <laughs> my my wife watches that stupid SWAT TV show on CBS, right? Uh, and right know. now they're uh, well, anyways, right now they're full blown. They're wearing masks while they act, and so you've got fifty percent George Floyd, Black Lives Matter. Plus, they're wearing masks, and it's like I see this stuff all day. You know, I want to enjoy. I want to step out and enjoy. You know, something different yeah. than what I experience in life. So, you, you know, you look at you look at. Uh, Spider-Man, you hope that it's not about them wearing masks. Or he's actually, Spider-Man's actually wearing a mask while he wears a mask. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that. Right, so it's, you know, and then I hear uh, Obi-Wan's about to start filming, and I hear that the Cassian movie's about to start filming. Supposedly they're filming that Boba, that Boba show soon. Yeah, it, I was actually going to bring up something that you just said. I, I think the chances of this happening, by the way, are really, really minor. But I would freak out and love it. I don't think it's going to happen. But if Bo-Katan shows up in the Obi-Wan series. Oh, I mean, interesting. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be cool, as long as it makes sense. Well, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to do. Because, again, you're, you're in a timeline that's relatively unexplored. We know she's still around because this is after Clone Wars, before Mandalorian. So... Uh, she it could depending on what they storyline they tell with Gideon and the Darksaber and the Purge and all that kind of stuff, it could be something around that kind of area. And um, maybe maybe she feels like they know that the Empire is coming and she goes to ask Obi Wan to help them uh, help them defend Mandalore, and he can't go because he's has to stay on Tatooine to protect this kid. I think something like that would be cool. And I got that idea because uh, Kitty Sackhoff just did an interview recently where she talked about um, one of the things she would like to know more, you know, to explore more, is the relationship between Bo-Katan and Satine. And it just it just hit me in the head. I'm like, well, we've got an Obi-Wan show coming up. You could kind of dive into it that way a little bit, too. Yeah. I think, I think that'd be cool. I, I don't expect it to happen, but I just think that would be great. You know, for all we know, right, this season, when we meet Ahsoka, Ahsoka could have a traveling companion. Uh-huh. You know who I'm talking about? I think so. Somebody she who could be with her looking for Ezra? No, she could be with Ezra. I mean, this is, what, how many years after Return of the Jedi is this? I get confused. I think it's either five or eight. I don't remember. Okay, so let's say it's five, right? Return yeah. of the Jedi ends. That's when we get the coda or the the end of um, Rebels. Right. So perhaps she's found him within those five years, and we meet Ezra as he's been rescued. The story of how he's been rescued is still coming one day. But for all you know, there's two Je there's two Jedi. Excuse me. With uh. There's, there's, or two force users. There's Ahsoka and there's Ezra. 
It's not oh, yeah. crazy. Because, because what? Five years after, uh, let's just say five years, she still hasn't found him. She doesn't give a crap. <laughs> I mean, but really though, you I mean, have to assume she's that story has already happened when we meet her. We have to assume that we've already, she's already found Ezra. I mean, and she may even allude to something in, in conversation at some point, just a sentence to something like that. Yeah, because if anything, this is where everything works so well together because Filoni can weave in the story that he has for Ezra yeah, with, you know, this because it's all his thing. You know, Obi-Wan, eh, it may be involved, but Filoni being involved with Rebels and Filoni being involved with Mandalorian would sort of put the two together. Yeah. In my opinion. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it, it would be crazy though, because there was one guy who kind of got uh, a little bit of clout online. Uh, people started assuming he was actually playing live action Ezra Bridger. Remember that guy? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, what if he and, is? Well, I, and then he supposedly he admitted that he was just trolling everybody. But you know how people are with some of this stuff. It could have been a troll to say that he was trolling. I mean, right. <laughs> you never know. The troll to troll. Yeah, it, you just you never know. Uh, but so one thing I did see though, and this is a pure fan speculation, but it's just cool to talk about now, is the idea that he's trying to get the child to the Jedi. We know he's going to track down Ahsoka next and, and try to give it to her. Ahsoka may say, "Oh, I'm not a Jedi. You can't give it to me." Like, like cool, I appreciate it, but bro, I'm not a Jedi. Um, however, I know this kid. And uh, his name's Luke. And you may want to hand it off to him. And she takes, leads Mando to Luke. This is, again, fan speculation. And in the process, we get to see Ahsoka telling Luke about his dad. Oh, man. I still think five years after Jedi. Yeah. It, it's too late. For them I... to know each other? No, I think they know each other, but I think that re revelation would have already happened prior. You know what I mean? Like they would have already had a conversation? Yeah, a long time ago. That's my opinion. I mean, anyway. it's possible unless she just got back from looking for Ezra. Yeah, but it almost seems like she's involved and around all these, like, you know. So when the Empire falls and there's the Gungans are cheering and Tatooine's cheering and Vestman's cheering, she's somewhere in there like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Let's go find Ezra. I assume at some point within the first couple of years of that, then she's like, hey, Luke, guess what? Let me tell you a story. Leia, come here. You know what I mean? I, I assume yeah, but what, that what story's if, already been told. What if she's just like in the outer reaches and like has no clue what's going on looking for I mean, Ezra? It's possible. It's possible. I mean, I, I just, I don't know, obviously, but I just, I think that's really cool. Now, I, I do still have a hesitation. I am not fully on board yet, like some people are. With having Luke in the Mandalorian, I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> I, everybody who's been listening to the show knows Luke's like my number one person in all of Star Wars ever. Huge fanboy here, right? Okay. My, number two behind him, I probably would put Ahsoka as my second favorite character behind him. Okay. What? Yeah, yeah. So having the two of them have a conversation talking about Anakin, that would be like mind-blowingly fantastic to me. Can't even express how happy that would make me. However... I still have reservations about Luke being in the show at all because I, I don't know that I want someone like Sebastian Stan to be playing him. Maybe, maybe it'll work. I don't know. I'm just not sold yet. 
I, I know some people are, but I'm just not there yet. I think that, I mean, that might happen. Uh, I think for me personally, yeah, I can only speak for me personally, but the greatest half hour of television might be Ahsoka talking to Luke and Leia about their father. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It could just be them sitting in front of the burning funeral pyre for Darth <laughs> Vader's body. It is like a Yule log crackling in the background. <laughs> and she, and she's telling them everything she knows, and they're asking questions, and it's like, this is what happened with your father. That might be the best half hour of television ever, in my opinion. Will they do it? I don't think it's going to happen in The Mandalorian. I think it's probably going to happen in a television show. Uh, not sadly, but maybe. I mean, I could see in, in an animated series with like Matt Mercer doing the voice for Luke or something like that. I could see that, but I yeah, I don't I'm, see Mandalorian. I'm kind of shocked we haven't actually seen uh, Bad Batch material. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> true. I mean, I like, do feel that we're gonna I, get a a Luke Skywalker Han Solo animated series at some point um but i'm shocked we haven't even seen the stuff that's been announced i mean honestly i i kind of forget that bad batch is a thing until somebody brings it up it's coming apparently uh, apparently do it. <laughs> well here and so a couple things i want to mention too before we're done because i just don't want to forget um first off chapter 12 is coming next week it is directed by carl weathers oh I- <laughs> guy we we don't have the title yet as far as i know oh wait oh wait maybe we do hold on maybe we do is it called apollo no (laughs) so from what i can tell here this is from culture crave apparently okay said that the synopsis for the mandalorian chapter 12 dash the siege so i guess that's the title the siege is the Mandalorian rejoins old allies for a new mission. So I think this is where we're going to get the Grief Cargo, Cara Dune, and Mando trio back together for whatever reason. Good. If I if I had to guess, he like stops by Navarro to get better repairs for the Razor Crest or well, replacement or something like that, perhaps. Uh, just that as like a pit, pit stop on his way to see Ahsoka. And then we have an episode there of, you know, because. Something has to go wrong. So we have the three of them together doing some sort of, you know, mi- new mission, like it says. And then the end of the episode, I'm like, okay, yeah, you can fly now. And then he goes to find Ahsoka. The biggest question I have right now, do they pull a Boba Fett and reveal Ahsoka at, as the final shot of this episode? Or does it end with him going there? And then De Filoni's chapter 13 begins with him getting to Ahsoka. Or does chapter so, 13 end with the Rasoka reveal and Diploni gets to do that? No, 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 no. So, so the third, okay, hold on. Eight, <laughs> I'm doing math. Nine, 10, 11, 12. So, 12 is the next episode by Carl Weathers, right? Yes. 13 is Dave Filoni. Yes. I think, if anything, uh, Dave Filoni directed the reveal that will happen at the end of 12 if there is one. 
kind of like Ryan Johnson and JJ. I was thinking the same thing. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, I'm also thinking, and I don't know why, that that if if Mando wants to really repair his ship, he takes it to Tatooine. True. Yeah. Which could be could be the final three episodes that we've been talking about that we don't know what there are. Gets back to Boba Fett. Could be. Could be. I don't know. I, mean, I don't really it, know. I mean, once once he gets to Ahsoka, the central thesis, and again, anything could happen, but the central thesis of the season is over. The idea is I have to take the child. I'm quested to take the child to a Jedi. So when he meets Ahsoka, and we're assuming it happens in the Dave Filoni episode, so what's the rest of the season about? Oh, I, have a, Boba. I have a vision here. Because yeah. maybe it doesn't go as well as we think. You know, he hands, he tries to hand the child to to Ahsoka. He's sitting, they're like on the edge of a cliff. And there's like a bunch of ocean around them, and he yeah. just stands there. He he takes the child in his arm and just holds it out to Ahsoka in, in his hand, and she just stares at them for a little bit, and then walks forward, picks up Baby Yoda, and tosses it over his shoulder and walks away. She said, "I never really liked Yoda, anyways." <laughs> <laughs> what if it's that Yoda's an, Yoda's an a-hole and like Psych it was actually directed by Ryan Johnson not Dave Filoni that'd be funny I mean <laughs> have we got the Robert Rodriguez episode yet no hmm. okay I don't know it's interesting I don't yeah we'll see what happens I, I feel if I had to, to place bets like and we said this before, I think on the last episode, where like at the end of the day, I know there were so many rumors about Sabine and Sasha Banks and all that. I'm like, at the end of the day, I, I think I said like I don't expect it to be her and, and for them to do that. Although they could, I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, they didn't go that route. I feel the same kind of thing here, where I, I don't expect for there to be a, an Ahsoka reveal at the end of chapter twelve. I think it will be limited to chapter thirteen, but. If they do, I was going to say, again, I agree with what you said. I had the same idea that Dave Filoni just does the final shot of this episode and then goes straight into 13. Oh, man. Yeah, I and, know what's happening. Well, my, one other thing I wanted to mention, too. You asked before, and I had, did not know, and I was wondering myself about the soundtrack, right? You're right, right. So, because the same thing, actually, when, when the season premiered, uh, Chapter 9 came out, I was looking, because I, I was at work, I didn't get to uh, watch the show yet, and I was like, oh, let me see if I can pull up the soundtrack, and I couldn't find it, and I'm like, well, that's depressing. So, apparently, uh, Chapters 9 through 12 are going to be released together. So, Say what? So, supposedly. Um, they're they're going to have uh, The Mandalorian Season 2, Volume 1, which is chapters 9 through 12. And I guess oh, okay. volume 2 will be 13 through whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. I'd rather have it like we did last time, because that was great. But uh, and, and included in there is the Mandalorian Bo-Katan's uh, Bo theme, which, for the record, was really, really cool. I mean, I'm assuming is what they played, like, when she showed up and when she, like, you know, did anything awesome. There was the same music in the background. I'm assuming it's that, and it was great. Yeah. 
So I, I guess we'll see. But yeah, so the point is, we should be able to. I don't. I, I hope that's coming out on Friday with episode twelve. I hope. Maybe not. We'll see. But sometime soon, we should have that. And actually, speaking of, unless I'm remembering wrong, isn't the solo soundtrack? Isn't that coming out on Friday? It's coming out on Friday. And, you know, and can we also talk about real quick? Can we get back to Mandalorian and talk about uh, <laughs> Titus Welliver? If I'm yeah. Saying so one of the fun things about watching the show with my with my parents is that you know I turn them on to Deadwood. Uh huh. Um. So so you know having Timothy Oliphant on uh, in that episode, I also turned them on to uh, Justified where he was in it, and then this episode where Titus Welliver he's in it. He was from Deadwood, also from a show called Bosch, which apparently my parents have watched. I haven't watched. But he was also in Lost. Uh, I think it was Jacob. I don't know. Either way, he was in Lost as one of the, sort of the supreme beings. He's a great actor. So for him to come back and play, you know, an Imperial. Um, my parents, who are not huge Star Wars fans like myself, are loving seeing these people. Oh, it's Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah. it's the guy from Deadwood and Bosch and you know Lost. So. They're doing really good in their in casting of the cameos. Yeah, it's it, it's been a, it's been a good choice. You know, and supposedly still, I'm trying to remember all the things that some website, I don't know who it was, dropped on um, who's going to be in the next episode or in, in the season. But I think they said uh, who was the guy from Aliens, uh, Michael Bean. Yes. Yeah, I forgot about that. Supposedly, the rumor is he's still supposed to be in an episode, and I don't know who he'd be, but I think that's the only one outstanding besides Rosario Dawson. Um, I think it was Michael Bean who was going to be in an episode. Rosario Dawson was going to play Ahsoka. I think that's the only two name drops uh, that haven't come to fruition. Nobody ever said Titus Williver, so that was a welcome surprise. Um. And also, it, it was really nice to see when I, I I want more story about the Empire right now. Yeah, you know they've got people who are loyal to the Empire, who are willing to die for the Empire, who are willing to you know eat the cyanide capsule or to to take the the I don't know what he does, but he does a thing with his tooth where it makes him sort of electrocuted. Yeah, so it's like like. Imperial electrical cyanide pill thing. Right, right. I I want I want to know what happened to the Empire after Return of the Jedi. Cause obviously we see in you know the Marshall episode where the Empire blows up or the Death Star blows up and then people start assuming, okay, we'll take over. Mm-hmm. But you know what are the it's really stupid and and I'll probably never get these shows, but so the guy who's the average stormtrooper, right? Mm-hmm. What does he think's happening? What is what does he think is happening? He he's protecting the ship from Mandalorians, but does does the Empire still have any real power in the system? He's willing to lay his life on the line for for a government that is no longer in power, so to speak. Yeah, What's I, going I, on with with these people? 
Yeah, that, I mean that's that's interesting. That kind of reminds me. There's you know some good EU novels too about stormtroopers at the post Jedi era, but I feel like they're in a similar spot to where the First Order stormtroopers are in the beginning of the Force Awakens because the First Order is not in control yet. It's the Republic that has control. Right. The First Order is just like a, a an annoyance that's starting to gain power and then take over from the shadows kind of thing. I think they see themselves similarly where they're like, yeah, we took a big loss, but we still are the rightful authority in the galaxy and we are just going to be doing what we can. We're just going to do our jobs and get things restored to how they're supposed to be is how I would imagine they would think about it. It's interesting. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. Can make a whole series about it. And uh, uh, Tom Hardy is the main stormtrooper the whole time. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> so uh i think okay i think we got pretty much i mean it's one of those things where i have so many thoughts through a weekend i should probably like write them down <laughs> but i don't so uh i'm trying to just like make mental notes to bring up all these different things for for the thing i really should write it down though like the more i talk the more i'm like wow i should have done that okay yeah. i mean i'm ready for you to to you know Share your weekend thoughts with me. <laughs> well, point is, Bo-Katan, Ahsoka. Yep. It's it's happened. Oh yeah, this that's one last thing I was gonna say too is that when they did the name drop for Ahsoka at the end, everybody and their neighbor's dog knew that Rosario Dawson is playing Ahsoka Tano in season two of The Mandalorian. Okay. Even still, knowing that and expecting that, it feels like as soon as it was actually said, everybody was like, holy crap, no way, <laughs> you know, including me to an extent. Like, we've known this for months. And even still, just hearing it and having it happen was just like, I still, you, the reality of it. Are you talking about anybody in particular? No, I mean, it was in general. Oh, I didn't know if we were talking about reaction videos or anything of that kind. Not not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you know who you are, but you probably don't, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, they don't listen anyways. <laughs> uh... <sighs> yeah, I feel you, Tim. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um... I'm, I'm ready for I'm ready for next Friday. Yeah. I think, well, I I, think... I, I am. I, I'm I, I'm going to be very very ready for next Friday if there's a reveal at the end. If there's not, I'm going to be looking forward to it. But there's going to be a part of me in the back of my head that no matter how good the episode is, at this point, there's going to be a part of me that's just kind of like, okay, let's hurry up and get through this, get to next week. You know. I'm honestly looking forward to the next episode because if it is the Carl Weathers directed episode where where uh, Cardoon and uh, Grief Karga yeah. comes back. I'm so ready for the internet to just be- <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I want to see people just like, oh, why, why is she in this episode? I'm so annoyed. I'm ready for it. Because I don't give a flying fig. <laughs> About your opinions. I don't care that you don't want. The funny thing, though, is that at one point, 
everyone was saying, oh, there's going to be a, a show where it's Cara Dune and Bo-Katan. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool, I guess. I'm, I'm down. I'll watch it. I don't see how that happens. Doesn't make any sense that they would be together in any sort of capacity. If it still happens, I'm down for it. But I, I like people's tears. <laughs> yeah, don't I've... watch the show if it offends you. I was really expecting you to say something about because you know we haven't seen those characters since season one, and I'm so excited about getting no. back to the roots of the show no. or something. <laughs> Not, not I've, what I I've learned. I've learned as a more, and again, sorry if you're just discovering now that I'm more rightly, uh, right leaning <laughs> than anything else. I've learned to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've learned to love the character and not the actor. You know, I don't entirely agree with everything that, uh, uh, God forbid, everything that Leonardo DiCaprio says about climate change. But good God, he's a good actor. I love everything that he's in, and I will watch everything that he's in. And that's the way you guys have to approach actors you don't agree with. Am I wrong, Tim? You know, I've I've seen I've seen a lot of discussion about it online, as you said recently, especially the past couple of days. I think there's been a lot of it. A lot. And yeah, in. The majority of what I've seen about it revolves around people saying this isn't about politics. This is about, you know, like human rights issues as opposed to political views. As to far as why they're upset is what I've seen. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Look, they're mad at her. They're mad at um, Gina Carano about masks. Okay. I personally think that everybody should wear a mask when you go outside. That's my opinion. She doesn't agree. I don't hate the character. And I'm right. I'm I'm more right-leaning than, you know, anybody else. Although, as you pointed out, too, there, there's... And, and I don't know the ratio or the percentage of fans who would feel this way. But I know there are some people who really desperately don't want Rosario Dawson to play Ahsoka. Yeah, there's a few. And and I really don't know if if it's 1%, 10%, 80%. Because it's hard to judge these things. It's not scientific. It's the internet. So it's hard to tell. But uh, I, I just... I, do you think there will be much of a reaction to that? Or do you think it's going to be more... I feel like most people are just going to be excited about the character and, and not as caught up in that. Especially because... Well, you know, anyway. <laughs> it's hard to say. Ultimately, there's a lot of... Uh, what is it? Stuff that goes on behind the scenes where she hasn't said one thing or another. So we, I don't, I don't want to point anybody in a specific direction, <laughs> but apparently she beat somebody up. That's all I can say. You know what I'm talking about, Tim? Yes. Yeah. So apparently she got in a fight with somebody about uh, her, her, her parents or her rented out a property to somebody and got in a fight with that person and she beat them up. And that's what the fight is about. So I don't really care one way or another. 
but some people turn it into a big a big deal. I mean, just like you said, I've seen people make that a big deal. I've seen people say it's not as big of a deal for whatever reason. I've seen some people say it is a big deal, but I'm certainly sorry about it and pointing out who she's been dating. I mean, there's a whole big, you know, conversation surrounding her. And well, well, Tim, I mean, okay, first of all, I should stop drinking whiskey. (laughs) Second of all, Am I supposed to hate her because she's dating Cory Booker? <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't care. If she's good as the character, that's all that matters. As long as she's not a pedophile, I'm fine. That is literally my only, like, there's uh, Jeffrey Jones from, he's in a lot of uh, John Hughes movies. He was the principal in Ferris Bueller's. He was in Beetlejuice. He was actually in Deadwood. He's a pedophile. I have a hard time watching these movies or shows that he's in because there's a pedophile there. That bothers me as a, you know, as a person. Mm-hmm. Whether she dates Cory Booker, I don't really care. It's her business. It's her business. Tim, I had way too much whiskey. <laughs> I, I repeat that uh, I, I started this episode talking about The Mandalorian and Book 10 and all this kind of stuff. We're ending this episode talking about Mark's whiskey drinking and Cory Booker. I am in <laughs> my own room. And I, I, can put, I can put my whiskey wherever I want. And it's right there in front of me. Like, I'll have some more. <laughs> you know, seriously, I'm not joking. Maker's Mark ads have been showing up more and more for me on YouTube, and I think it's your fault. I don't know how, but it's been it happening. Yeah, I, I blame myself. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if YouTube's listening to me. I don't know if it's my my CIA surveillance drone who's listening in on my life, trying to hint that they know about me because they're putting in these YouTube ads. I don't know what's happening. Probably well, not that. The thing, the but... thing is, I may be buzzed, but at the same time, am I making sense? Yes. <laughs> yes, I, yes, yes, I am. Okay, as long as you're answering your own questions, uh, what what yeah. major what major question and prediction for the next episode do you have before we go? Um, the next episode will make people angry because there might be an actress in it who makes people angry. That is my only prediction. <laughs> uh, and I think I'm pretty spot on. All right. I mean, I, yeah, I think that's just based off of what we've seen over the past few days. I feel like that is going to be a pretty safe bet. And I also feel the next episode is probably the calm before the, the storms, uh, so to speak. Yeah. This is the downtime before we get the serious, you know, storyline. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um. Okay, let me ask you. I'll, I'll be specific then with 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 a, a question before we go. Um, and rest what I was saying before about the Razor Crest, and perhaps yeah. he tries to get it repaired or replaced or something like that on Navarro on his way to Ahsoka. Let's say that that's real. What happens? Does he get it repaired or does he get it replaced? Ooh, not replaced. Okay, so repaired. 
Well, yeah, but I don't think it's going to be a hundred percent. Okay. Just I think we're sort of going. Well, I I think we're going in this sort of. It's flyable, but it's not the same. So uh, I'm not sure where they're going with that idea. Because I mean, I do like your point too. Where if he if he wanted to get it repaired, you think he would go to Tatooine. Yeah, I think Pelumato would uh, fix it. But we we ended uh, this episode with him saying, "I know where I'm taking you," and then he gets off into hyperspace. So you you think he would be going straight there? I don't know why else he would stop by Navarra unless there's like an emergency distress signal from grief or something. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, We have how many days? Four. I do I do appreciate how what is it uh, starwars.com is basically saying Friday, Saturday, Sunday no spoilers. Monday, yeah. Yeah. They've, you know, they've decided that Monday is we're going to talk about the episode. Yeah. Yeah, like today yeah, we, I think the character poster for um Yeah. For the Mandos came out, or like uh, the Night Owls, or you know, uh, the three of them came out. What'd you say, Night Night Owls? Yeah, is that the name for those three? Uh, well, uh, isn't that just Bo-Katan's like division, so to speak, like her her people? Uh, dude, I have no idea. I thought so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I could I be wrong, but I, that's what I thought. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> well, how all right. People, how many? How many people still listen to us? Oh, like three. Sweet, right? I know it could be two, but we're at three. I'm cool with one. True. I love it's, my listeners. For what it's worth, it. If anybody that. If anybody's concerned, it, don't worry. It, it is more than three. But still, uh, <laughs> it, you're right, though. Like, it could be one. And I've said before, and I maintain, one of my favorite things about doing this, one of my favorite things about doing this, because obviously the, 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 the favorite, favorite thing about doing this is uh, just talking about Star Wars stuff with Mark and just having fun with it. Um, but in addition to that, one of my favorite things is how somehow this is an international thing, and we have people from several countries who listen to this i think that is fantastic and awesome and i love it so thank you everybody who listens overall especially if you are not in the united states of america with us i think it's just really cool to know that we have that kind of reach to be going to all these other nations it's awesome it's it's one of those things that you didn't think would happen when you started a podcast that there would be people in you know multiple countries that enjoy a podcast with me and you on it. You know, but, uh, this this episode nice. this episode we're doing right now, I, I'd have to check. It's either 189 or 190. Total? Yeah. We're coming up. We're not that far away That's from episode 200. Crazy. That is so crazy. And the thing is, I feel like the spirit that we have right now is still what it was before. We've, we've, if you listen to episode one, we, especially me, way more professional <laughs> trying 
trying to be professional in comparison to how we are now, uh, which is fine because again, right now we're just comfortable, I think, and more relaxed about it, um, and, and more natural. Yeah. You know, we, we have conversations. We don't have scripts. You know, but um, I feel Off the like top of my head, I remember having conversations about Last Jedi while I was parked in a <laughs> in a park watching my son practice baseball. I remember that. I remember Jared having to take his phone out of the freezer right before the episode yes. started. Yes. Yeah. I remember there yeah. was one night uh, my microphone, but this isn't as fun as your stories, but my microphone broke for no reason. And uh, we need Jared back for episode 200. Absolutely. At the yeah. Very least. At the very least. I was actually uh, just texting with him tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he's. I was telling him about my new house. He's not on Twitter that much anymore, but uh, we need Jared back for episode 200. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say. You know, it's... We started out... This podcast exists because there were some friends who wanted to have fun doing Star Wars stuff, talking about it together, and we did it in a different way. That way ended... And so we started our own way being this podcast. And the reason it's still around right now, the reason that we're coming in on 200 episodes is because we have fun doing it and we're still doing yep. it because, and we're still friends, still talking about Star Wars and many other things. But at the very and, least, you and I enjoy each other's company. There's one yeah. other person who, if we, can, if we can get on episode 200, that would be amazing. I think I know, I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Let's see. We have to to start putting out feelers. I I have a few ideas for episode 200 stuff. So I'll I'll let you handle it then. (laughs) Keep doing my homework. Well, uh, again, I think I think we're good as far as this actual episode goes because we're at the point now where where you and I are just talking, and and that's fine. I enjoy it, but I really I have to remind myself that we're still recording. So, um, all right. So we'll be back next time at chapter 12. Uh, Carl Weathers, his episode, it's guaranteed to be fun and good because it's an episode of The Mandalorian. No matter what happens, no matter how hyped, speaking from experience here, no matter how hyped you may be getting for the next episode after this one, uh, I would just say don't lose sight of this one and still enjoy it too. And Because I know a lot of people were like, I can't wait for next week to see Ahsoka. I'm like, I don't. If we do, again, I think it's just at the very end. I don't, I don't really think she's going to be in it too much. So just try to don't over-anticipate her appearance and just enjoy this episode and, uh, you know, take it for what it is, have a good time, and then we'll get hyped for the one after that when the time comes. So that's my advice. Yep. And uh, oh, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to contact us about anything, our phone number, because we have one for texts and phone calls, and it's 731-300-2187. Dial it. Do it. Make it a thing. Appreciate you. Talk to you later. I'm I'm annoyed that people aren't leaving messages for us. <laughs> it needs to be a thing. Yeah, it was for a while, and then could happen. It, it really. I I mean. I'm not going to go on a whole rant because we're trying to end this episode, but I'm just going to say that it feels like podcasts are kind of a forgotten. I mean, everything is being affected by the COVID 
you know pandemic situation but um i feel like people kind of forget sometimes that that um, podcasts did for the most part take a big hit from oh, yeah. COVID as well including us um it's not that bad in comparison to what it could have been and again i'm grateful for everybody who does listen but just by the numbers it isn't what it was beforehand you know um so and, and that's yeah. across the board you know yeah it's not just us yeah it's absolutely every podcast you know from, from what i've read every podcast podcast is taking a hit because of covid yeah i'm a part of different like you know just podcast forums and stuff generally um to help each other you know improve and then exchange ideas and all this kind of stuff and yeah it, it is a common widespread thing everybody all podcasts are experiencing and have been for the past few months people aren't commuting as much and even if they are starting to get into it a little bit more now they've broken the habits that they had before yep so yeah it's, it's not quite the same but again this is why this is why we appreciate all of you who are listening so thank you and again we'll be back next time to talk about chapter 12 and yep. uh, see what's up and we'll go from there so have a great rest of your week everybody and we'll be back next time